Welcome on this fine Friday night to yet another episode of What a Colorful World, right here on Facebook. Facebook Live, today I'm here with Bethany Stricker in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Hi, Bethany. Hey, How are you? Good. We've had a long day. We've, We've had a very good. long day. So we're in Dallas, Texas today. Um, hi, everybody. We uh, spent the entire day filming episodes for Bethany's podcast, mm -hmm. the Birth and Body podcast. Uh, Bethany runs her very own midwifery. What would you call it? Midwifery practice. 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 That's what it's called. Yep. Uh, I should know that. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we've been doing Bethany's branding and content for almost a year. I think you're right. I think it was December. Yes. November, December. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's been awesome. It has. I very much enjoyed it. So much easier for me. Yes. Well, that's the that's the biggest reason I like doing the biggest reason I like doing what I do, which if you don't know, I make social media content for people and branding of all kinds, including podcasts. Um I think what I like about it so much is for me, the branding side of stuff comes really easily. Like I, I can just see how to like package something like, Oh, here's the thing. Let's put some colors on it and let's do this and then present it to the world. And so I like being able to use that for people like you to just say, you just do your thing and then I'm going to take it. I'm going to yeah. package it up and just make it, you know, present it to yeah, the world. Totally. So it's easier for you and that makes me happy. And for me, it's, it's, it, it's, I'm sure you feel similar. It feels good to just use something that you, you can do and just use it for other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so funny enough, we actually, I don't know if you remember this, we had this interview already, like, yes, a long time ago, right before yeah. Corona. Oh, yep. I want to say maybe like a month before. Okay, like, like January, March. February. Yeah, something like I that. I remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then so there was an audio problem and I decided not to air it. But then Corona hit and I didn't see you for like four months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Um, so that being said, I don't remember anything was said the first time we did it. <laughs> so we're just going to start fresh. Sounds good. So tell me about how you got started doing midwifery. Sure. I, I've always attended births mm -hmm. since I got out of high school. That's crazy. Yeah. Like since you got out of high school and was that just cause you wanted to, like you just got out of high school and went, mm -hmm. I want to do this. Pretty much. Okay. I met someone who was doing births in different capacities when I was probably 16. So I knew it was what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I started as a labor support person, so mm -hmm. a doula. Right. Then I went to Is that normal to start, to start with that. that way. Yeah. We usually recommend it, so you at least know this is what you want to be doing yeah. before you get super deep in there. Before That's you're a midwife. Yeah. Um, I require it of my students. Yeah. Yeah. And. That's how I ended up in Texas. I went to midwifery school here mm -hmm. and finished. Mm -hmm. Then I started my own practice in 2017. 2017. So how long was that after you got, like, from when you started attending births to when you started your own thing? How much yeah, time was that? I started going to births in 2010. So okay. now everyone knows how old I am. 
<laughs> if you sat there and did the math, which <laughs> I'm not going to do. I ended up going to birth for 10 years. So you were going to birth from 2010 to, and then you didn't, so you didn't start your own thing till 2017. I always had my own business because I also did when I was a doula. Oh, interesting. So I've had my own business since I was out of high school. Wow. And if I remember correctly, you're, you come from a family of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, my mom, I've always, she's always worked for herself. Right. So, yeah. And what, and remind me again what she did. She's a music teacher. Right. Music teacher. Yeah. Um, and that's so, so that's part of why I wanted to have you on is because for me, I really like the color brand to be sort of a sounding board for anyone in sort of the creative entrepreneurial world, because I think there's a very wide spectrum of like, there's people who are creative in terms of like they're, they're artistic, like they like to make things. And then there's people who are creative in terms of they have this idea to create their own thing, their own business. Um, and I really like bringing the two together because I feel like I sort of sit in the middle of that mm-hmm. where you kind of have to have both. Like, you have to have the creativity to say, I'm going to do my own thing. And then you have to have the creativity to say, how am I going to make this? How am I going to make my own thing how stand are you gonna out? How going to sell it? Yeah. Right? And, and sell right. it. Right? Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting because I feel like I meet people who are like on one side of the spectrum where they love making stuff, but they have no idea how to like turn it into a business. For sure. And then you have people that like really want to start a business, but then when they start it, they really don't know how to make it stand out. It's just like, oh, I'm going to start selling, you know, uh, houses, like, you know, like real estate, you know? Um, And so part of why I wanted to have you on is because you've literally always worked for yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have a different experience where they'll like work somewhere else for a long time. And then decide like whether because they just hate it or they get some great idea, like right. now I'm going to jump out sure. and, and, and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is very hard transition. Very hard transition. Yes. And, and I, I can't even like, I feel like that was sort of my experience, but sort of not because everywhere I've worked, I've always ended up like carving my own thing mm-hmm. out of it. Like mm-hmm. they tell me this is my job. And I do it, but I do it a different way. So then they're like, I guess just do what you're doing. Um, but for you, it was literally always like I got out of high school and then whoosh, right. I'm doing it myself. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective of not even having the experience of like working for somebody else first, I think for those kind of people, that transition can be scary and difficult. Did you feel that way going like going straight into it or did that just feel like a like a given? It did feel like a given, I think, because mm-hmm. of the family that I was family. in. I have worked some at other birth centers, mm-hmm. um, especially when I was a student. And I think my experience was similar to yours where I was like, this way doesn't make sense. Right. Or we can make it way more efficient. Or if we did this, we would have better outcome. Like since I'm in the medical field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it just, I think it's hard for me to feel boxed into someone else's yes. parameters. Mm-hmm. So I, re- I, at the end of the day, I have a hard time working for other people. Yes. Which well, is a strength yeah. and a weakness, I think. It, <laughs> so. it is. But it's also one of those things where like, I think it's often framed as like a weakness, like you need to learn how to 
you know, do what you're told. But but I think sure, I've it kind of, said it's not. I'm not a team. That's what they say. You they get say you're parts, not a team player. Uh-huh. Parts but, points but off I, on that. Yeah, right. But I I've really come to a point. I could be wrong. I might look back on this way later down the road and disagree. But I almost feel like it's not even like a matter of a. It's not a choice in terms of like, well, you know, I just. You know, I just want to make my own rules. It's really like I don't I don't often see people make that choice in some sort of of defiant way. I feel like it's just more like how you operate. Mm -hmm. Like like I just operate on my own, like carving out something new. Yes. It's not necessarily this like, well, I just hate what they're doing. So the only other right. option is that I'm going to do my own thing. Right. No, it's more like just this disposition that I think most entrepreneurial people have of like, I just can't really picture anything other than doing my thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it can have this connotation to people of like, you know, well, he should just fall in line and get a job and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. Like if somebody else, and I know lots of people that just want to do, give me a job and I'm going to do it. We need that. Right. But other people, like it just doesn't really work. And you can just sort of tell like, yeah, you should just do, do you. Right. <laughs> I, right. I right. Um, do you, one thing I think is interesting in your particular field though, is I think there's probably, tell me if I'm wrong, but there's probably a lot of people who think they're attracted to the idea of running their own midwifery practice because like of the independence, Mm. but maybe they're not cut out to like do their own thing and run their own thing. Mm -hmm. They think they are, but then they sort of get down the path and realize that, that maybe they weren't. Do you ever run into that? Mm -hmm. For sure. I think a lot of midwives want autonomy Mm -hmm. and I am an autonomous practitioner. Mm -hmm. I don't work with a physician Mm -hmm. and a lot of families want an autonomous practitioner also. So there's consumer demand. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of families want that one-on-one continuity of care with one person, Uh which is why my practice works. But like we were talking about before the show, a lot of midwives are not cut out to run the business, have any clue how to do that, have any Mm -hmm. clue about marketing or the behind the scenes structure when they're not with the patient. Yes. And then how to create sustainability mm-hmm. for the long term for their right. business and themselves and their family. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you, that's always so interesting to me because I've heard different people talk about it. And it's this idea of like, you're either an entrepreneur or you're not. And you need to like become like, figure that out, like be self aware. And I always think that's interesting because, because of the fact that like, on one hand, I think it's sort of an inevitable thing. Like in my case, And I think most people that have worked with me would say like, yeah, you are always going to do your own thing. But, but then there are some people that are friends of mine who say like, I'm going to venture out and do my own thing. And, and it, and you find out that they're not really capable of it Mm -hmm. or maybe it's just not, I don't know. That's just always interesting to me because I don't really know how to tell people. If somebody was to ask me like, should I be an entrepreneur? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I work with a lot of students. Mm -hmm. So they ask me this a lot as far as even if they're trying to become like a nurse midwife or what I am, a licensed Mm -hmm. midwife. That's one of the questions I talk to them a lot about. Do you 
you know, want a call schedule? Do you want to work 12 hours? Like, what do you want your life to look like? What's going to work for your family? Then having your own practice or not, you know, Mm -hmm. you do need to look at what's going to work for you. How are you going to function in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. Is having your own business going to make that work for you? Because there are definitely personalities where it just doesn't work for them to work for themselves and run everything right, right. and function and not have right. a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny cause I feel, I, I think it's one of those, I, I feel like as we're talking about it, the answer is becoming clear in that I think you're cut out to be an entrepreneur if you can't help, but do it anyway, mm-hmm. because, because it comes with so much yeah. that if you look at it on paper, it doesn't really make sense. Right. Like you're going to work harder. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to figure out how to like make a lot of things work. Mm-hmm. You will have like many breakdowns. And then the way you get out of them is like you either learn something new or you learn how to like delegate. Yeah. That's the hard part. For sure. Like, okay, well, how do I hand this off to somebody else? Um because we probably are kind of controlling. You kind well, and you want just to do have it a, the way we want to. Yes, do. <laughs> you have like an idea in your head, but then you get so overworked that you're like, "But I just, I've got to bring somebody in." But I, but I think it it really does come down to like, I guess if somebody's to ask me, should I be an entrepreneur? It's like, uh, give it a try, and uh, if you quit in a year, then I guess not. Like, I feel like for people that are like self starters they they're they just can't help it like even when you have free time you're thinking about doing your stuff yes like oh how could i write a book or how could i whatever yeah um that's usually a good sign to me of like Mm -hmm. maybe you should try something because even when you're just when you have off time you're not just like binging on netflix right you are trying to make Mm -hmm. Mm um what do you think has been for you now being three years into Bethany Shirkerman Whiffery specifically. Uh-huh. What do you think has been the hardest thing for you to learn hmm. about operating as like an entrepreneurial person? That's a good question. Everything. Just kidding. Yes. Well, it's, not a bad, it's not a bad answer. <laughs> I mean, probably taking on a practice you could, or any business, you could decide not to market at all. Mm-hmm. And just be word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Some people in my field do that. Mm-hmm. But needing to have a, you know, complete livelihood for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to figure out taxes and marketing mm-hmm. in addition to all the systems of when a new client comes into my practice. And this is how the whole thing flows and setting up right. all of that and all my pa- – so um, it was just difficult. I mean, I think the best – decision I made. And I'm not saying that's just because I'm on your thing, but <laughs> delegating something that I don't have to worry about yeah. is the best. And I think yeah. now I'm trying to figure out how to do that with like an admin person, how to train them, right. which is why what's stopping me is I'm going to have to train them and then, you know, make sure they're doing everything correctly, which I don't have to worry about with you. Right. Um, sure. So I, maybe it's just the juggle of like, Working during these hours, mm-hmm. and even though I have the longest list ever to still do, I'm going to stop and do something else and yes. go to this party or whatever. Yes. Extra, you that know, is so hard. Because you could work 20 hours a day and never feel like you're yes. ahead. And yeah. then for me, then I get inevitably called to a birth when I decide to do that. Then I'm yeah. like, I hate my life right now. Right. You feel it's like you kind of did it to yourself. Yeah. 
So yeah. I re- I've kind of made where if I hit 40 hours for the week, including mm-hmm. the 20 hour birth I was at, mm-hmm. I just don't work anymore. That's a good, I like that because I, that is a very real problem for, I think for two reasons, one for just, there's just so many things to do that it just does not run out. You feel like you are never on top of things. You feel like you're Honest, never on top of it. You're never on top. Because, well, and I think part of that is because, like, if you really are building a good business, like, there should always be a new thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, there should be, like, okay, I succeeded at this. Now I've got to move on to this. So I think part of it is just there's a lot to do. But I also think part of it is it it can feel like if I if I stop, then I'm then I'm going to be behind. Or if I stop that can be so difficult. Like I think the other day we, um, I decided after, after lunch on a Saturday that I wasn't going to work for the rest of the day. And that was like out of the, out of abnormal for me. And we just like watched like a Disney movie uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah. And it was just so weird. Cause I just realized like, this is the first time in a long time where I just t- completely for longer than like an hour turned off like work brain. And it's like, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I kind of get annoyed. I don't know how much you see this on like social media. I see it a lot of like the pride of being like an entrepreneur in terms of like always grinding, always hustling. And I'm like, there's an aspect of that that's kind of unhealthy. A hundred percent. Like I appreciate the idea of like to be a good entrepreneur, you do have to work like incredibly hard. The people who think, they're going to just like drop, quit their job and then pick up some simple skill and then, you know, whatever. They're going to make tons of money. Like that's not going to happen. Right. But also like taking pride in like all I do is work. It's not healthy. It's not. It's not healthy for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Like it's not healthy for the other people in your life. And then it's not healthy for you. Right. Because um, I don't know about you. You're a very calm person and like just always very kind and peaceful. So I don't know how often you have like little breakdowns, but a lot of times I feel like that gets brought on because sure, absolutely, you just hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's hard for me to learn. I'm human. I'm not yes a divine being. Yes, I have to sleep and eat. Yes, it's hard to learn that. It is like it, sometimes <laughs> I even find myself like saying like. Like even during lunch, I'm coming up with a task I'm going to do while I'm eating, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are times where I'm like, maybe that's bad. It is. You can't actually (laughs) digest your food that way. But (laughs) is that true? Yeah. Actually, the appointment I had before that, that's what she was saying. I was like, how am I going to sit down for 20 minutes at a meal? That Mm -hmm. happens to me like once a week. Mm -hmm. Like, Hmm. so I probably need to. Yeah. structure even more but mm-hmm. in my field just saying after 40 hours i'm not gonna keep working is like unknown i'm mm. like you really and we have a high level of burnout in midwifery mm-hmm. most quit after three to ten years mm. so i'm like it's so important to pace ourselves and create a realistic routine right when we really can't have a routine at all so yeah i would imagine that's pretty difficult because especially if you're running your own thing you've got all these tasks that you need to do just for your own business and then outside of that is right people can just call you and all of a sudden like eight hours just got added to right period and you can't say sorry no. i can't come <laughs> 
<laughs> just have your baby on your own. Right. You know, I'll walk you through it. Um, yeah, put me on FaceTime now. Yeah. Well, and I'm, it's also interesting to me, too, that at least in my experience, I, I feel like part of what you're always trying to do as an entrepreneur is figure out over time, what do, what do I do best? And then what can I delegate? Yes. And I think that's different for everybody. Um, Cause like for me, the creative stuff is the stuff that's like, got it. Mm-hmm. It's the other stuff that's mm-hmm. like for a season, I think you have to do it yourself. Right. But the goal should be, Someone else is going to do this mm-hmm. eventually. Do you feel like at what point do you feel like in in the process you hit that mark of like, I have to get somebody else to do this now? Where I'm I think where I'm at in my business now, mm-hmm. I can say if I don't enjoy that, I should just not do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I know when I first started, I was doing everything mm-hmm. just out of necessity. Uh, right. I think most entrepreneurs are trying to have as little expenses on their business as possible. Yes. And they end up trying to do everything. And mm-hmm. then I know for me, I think most other people, you get stuck in that spot and then you still feel like you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm just trying to, I don't like doing social media. Mm-hmm. I don't like bookkeeping. Right. Anything I don't really want to do so right. that I can just do more of what I want to do and what right. and which I think is finding how to be long-term sustainable for me. I need yeah. to keep you have to make money, but then you also need to not hate it. Well, <laughs> so. and I even think I even have a theory that like you will make more money when you delegate for sure. because I, I, you're a hundred percent right that like for a period of time, you have no choice to, for, for the sake of not spending money, like mm-hmm. you just have to do everything. Mm-hmm. But then I do feel like it gets to a point where it, if everything works out, you will be so busy right. that, that, that now if you continue to do everything, you, you will stop making money. Like right. you'll only be able to now make this much. Right. And that's it. Right. Um. So I think, there can be this perception that like, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, like trying to like hire stuff out that it's like, well, I just don't want to do that. When the truth is, it's like you get to a point where you realize it's not even just a matter of like, I don't want to do it. It's like, this is what I'm best at mm-hmm. this thing. Somebody else could do this quicker mm-hmm. and I would be more freed up to do more of this. Right. I, I, in a way, I feel like that's like a moment of maturity for a business. Mm-hmm. I think at that point, that's when a business is actually thinking about trying to stick around for more than a year, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, okay, if this is going to keep floating, I have to have other people row the boat. Right. Or it's just gotten too heavy now. It's just going to start sinking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Boat analogies. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, So all that being said, uh, when you first started, I'm very curious about this. When you first started doing social media, with Beth and Sugar Midwifery, what did you, for the sake of people watching that, like they're at that point of they're doing it by themselves. And I always encourage people, like, even when they call us, like I'll have someone that just started a business and they don't have the money or even just like the traction to like hire somebody to take over for them. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell them like, you need to do this by yourself for a little bit. 
and get some get busy enough that you can't do it yourself anymore and then call me. So for you when you first started, what was sort of some things you did to sort of get the ball rolling? Or was it a lot of because you had been in midwifery so long, uh you know, you had made a lot of contacts and and sort of went that. What was sort of the initial push when you started? I started my practice and I didn't, I don't think I had social media for about a year Mm -hmm. and it was just word of mouth Mm -hmm. and I wanted to grow more and I just realized I just need to have social media. Mm -hmm. So I got Facebook, Instagram, I think that was it at the time. Yeah. And I think I followed other midwife accounts, so I'm at least going to post birth announcements or Mm -hmm. something to show Mm -hmm. my day-to-date you know, I think I had yes. some kind of idea to, sh- I need to give a semblance of communicating what I even do on the account, mm-hmm. but I don't think I had any knowledge of branding right. or where to go with that. Sure. I sure. That answers your question. No, it does. And I'm a millennial. So I was like, of course I have to have social media. <laughs> it is funny how it is sort of now like, a, it, it, even more so than websites, I feel like, like. I'll see businesses drop like $10,000 on a website and then they have no Facebook. And I'm like, most people are going straight to social media first to see if you have one. And if you don't have one, it's like, you're not hip with the times. Like you don't even have a Facebook. Right. Um, So one thing I think is interesting about what you said is that, and I've noticed this about midwifery in particular, just doing like doing your social media. Mm -hmm. So much of midwifery's growth is dependent on like talking to other midwives. And that is really interesting to me because I feel like a lot of people would have this attitude of like, no, (laughs) like that's the competition. I don't talk to them like, or I don't want to collaborate with them. I just, I'm I'm doing this and and I need to scoop up as many, Mm -hmm. you know, births as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that's unique to midwifery? Or do you think there's an aspect of it that's unique to midwifery that sort of surprised you about how that works? Because just from a logical standpoint, it would seem like that much collaboration would be like bad. Sure. I think for our community, we realized that if someone knows a midwife or knows someone who used a midwife, even if she doesn't use us mm-hmm. and she and that person hears about it and then uses someone else, mm-hmm. it's still growing Right. The bait, you know, mm-hmm. the community that she used to birth outside the hospital or use a midwife or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of us have that kind of attitude simply because we're not the majority. Mm-hmm. I think we all want to help each other be successful. Certainly sure. not everyone's that way. Sure. Um, sure. But a lot of us, when we, I would say we're majority <clears throat> in solo practice. I don't always want to drive over an hour. So I, sure. so I'll refer, you know, to somebody right. else. So, and often we have other midwives, you know, help come birth assist. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it just works out where we collaborate. Is that me? So sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. As long as it didn't interrupt. We're still going. Still okay. Very nice. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> Producer Jessica on the case. Um, no, so that's kind of what I expected you to say for the sake of one thing. The reason I ask is one thing I've learned, especially over the past year, is that I really do buy into what I think has kind of 
now just becoming like a popular thing in entrepreneurship of like be a part of your community as mm -hmm. much as possible. Mm -hmm. I think again, on paper, it seems like you don't want to collaborate with people because like I need to scoop everything up. But what I feel like I've learned not only making content for you, but even just even for other people or for the color brand is like, there's so much more power in growth, even long-term, if you're actually a part of the community, than if it's like, I'm a lone wolf. Right. Like you're not going to get, because I'm just convinced more and more over time that like, whether or not you get business is not necessarily about like, there's only so much. And once it's all scooped up, it's over. Especially in your case. I mean, people are yeah. always having babies. Right. But I think a lot of it has to do with like just the quality of the product or even just like the appeal to a certain group. Like maybe I'm in San Angelo or I'm in Dallas and this other person's over here and, you know, I don't want to drive, you know. I think there's value in like being a part of that network where I say, well, this guy could do mm -hmm. this well. Mm -hmm. Um and but I feel like there's more of a sense of where networking always allows you to like, even if you don't immediately have a job or a new client today, just by being a part of the community, you're going to have access to knowledge and connections to where you're, you'll probably be in a better spot mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to like isolate the For other sure. people. Um, yeah, I, I think my business has been built partially by other midwives who maybe are full or right. feel like I'm closer or a better mm -hmm. fit, or mm -hmm. maybe the patient is looking for something really particular and they're just not it. Yeah. And certainly I've had people where I'm like, I think this would just be a better fit for you. Like mm -hmm. you're looking for really mm -hmm. this particular thing and she is totally that. And I'm, I know it would just be mm -hmm. stressful or not the best for us right. to work together, or, mm -hmm. you know? Well, I appreciate that you have that sort of, um, I guess confidence is the word, but like I, I'm then another thing I've noticed about like good entrepreneurs and business people period is that there, there's this, uh, the term is like qualifying leads, you know, the idea of like, don't just literally take every single job that comes through the door. Because that might not be a good fit. Right. And then you might end up wasting time and money. Right. Because you were just so desperate to like mm -hmm. anyone that has a dollar in their hand. It's like, come on in. Right. I think there's a sense in which, and, and sure that varies in terms of like, if you're selling like a, like a product, like a hat or something like, cool. Whoever buys a hat buys a hat. But I think when you're selling a service, I, I almost have more respect for a business that tells me like this isn't the best fit for you, but this other person would do a good job. Mm -hmm. There's a sense in which it, it almost makes you realize that person knows what they're doing even more because they didn't just take me blindly and say, right. I'm actually a bad fit for you, but I want your money. Mm -hmm. So I think it's wise to be able to look ahead and see, see like this won't work out well. Totally. And for me, that means this won't work out well for a year of my life. Right. Do I want to do that? Right. The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting <laughs> that for you, getting a new client. A year's a long time. We don't live long... that long. <laughs> one thing I love My about. Life is a quarter over. <laughs> one thing I love about you is that before I started working for you, I already knew you. 
And <laughs> what's so funny about you is that you are like this very kind and like you're very hard to frazzle, like, which is a great thing because I feel like I'm sort of the opposite. Um, <laughs> but I, I love that. And I think you need this as an entrepreneur, like you simultaneously have like two things operating within you. You have this side of you that wants to like really give people a great experience at all times, especially when it terms comes to like customers. Like mm-hmm. I want to make sure on every level, the way I'm treating them, talking to them, handling everything with them is great. But I think as an entrepreneur, you also have to have this like sort of like uh, self-awareness and like kind of just times where you just are real about stuff and you're like, Hey, this is just not practical. Like this is going to make me miserable. Yes. And you have to like have that. And I think you don't necessarily want to wear that on your sleeve all the time. Right. Like I get kind of turned off by like business people that I run into that are like just constantly like to the point where it seems pessimistic, Mm -hmm. you know, like, well, that's just not going to work and that's not going to work. But I also on the flip side think it's like a huge downfall if you're nothing but like everything's always going to work out great. And I'm just going to, even if this is a bad fit, we're just going to make it work. It's okay. Um, Cause neither are really, neither way you're in reality. Mm, yes. Yep. The, the extremes. Right. Cause it's not always going to be great mm-hmm. and it doesn't always suck. Yes. But you have both. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm always trying to figure out how can I like, how can I push Bethany on the podcast to be even more like just blunt? Cause I just love it. Cause you're really funny. You're Thanks. really, really funny. Um, like today you've made me laugh so many times and I'm trying to like be quiet off camera. Um, r- real quick, Jess, producer, Jess talking off camera. What, how long have we been going just so I'm okay. sweet. Good. I love when a conversation like feels like it's flying by. That's when I know it's good. Awesome. Um, you're like, great. If you say so, <laughs> no, it's feels like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing about you, I'm actually really, really glad that I can talk to you on the show specifically about this thing. Cause I think it's really important. The best, this is going to sound like I'm talking about me, but I'm not, <laughs> it just, just, I'll, I won't, I'll stop talking and just say it. Um, the best compliment that the color brand on the business side, as far as our branding and consulting side goes that I've ever gotten is somebody saying that they could not tell that we were making content for a midwifery in Mm -hmm, Dallas. mm -hmm. And the reason that I loved hearing that so much is I really feel like it's so important that a business or somebody that is, whoever is running the branding has to have this understanding of what is the voice of this brand. And I think there's a lot of things that go into that, like whether it's what's the message of the brand, what's the purpose of the the brand, you know, what's the, what's the lingo of the brand. I think all that stuff is really important. And for me, it's 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 the most important because when I think about a brand, not just a business, but the brand of a business, I'm thinking specifically about what is it about them that's going to like stick with people? Because a business, I think, is like you walk into a store and you buy something. Cool. Business just occurred. But walking out of a store and having this lasting impression, that's to me like, okay, branding just happened there. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think there's something to be said for, I think part of why people are loving your, your brand so much is that, and what I try my best to capture is that it's not just that you deliver babies. It's that you, you are really passionate about it. And that really comes out in, in what you in, in what you say. And, and even when I'm making content, a lot of times I'm, I'm literally just thinking, how would Bethany say this? Because I, because I realized that's what about the brand is so sure. important to people is your spin. If you want to use that word mm-hmm. on midwifery, what, if you had to define, like, what do you think is kind of unique about you when it comes to what you do? Cause you're in Dallas. There's like, tons of people sure. doing it mm-hmm. what do you think sets you you apart in terms of how you think about it or how you do it um when it comes to midwifery that's a good question yeah i think specifically here in dallas so maybe a little bit of my history i'm from virginia where mm-hmm. the out-of-hospital community is much smaller and more tight-knit. Okay. So when I moved, which is partially why I moved here to finish school. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, in Virginia, it was a much even more fringe group, way more hippie, natural-minded um, that were choosing that option. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my history right. within it. Mm-hmm. So I tend to use a lot more natural options in my practice, mm-hmm. like botanical medicine and stuff like that. So right. most of the people hiring me want those options, mm-hmm. not just that relationship with their provider, but more natural recommendations for right things that come up in pregnancy. Right. Um, and really just low intervention. Not all midwives are low intervention. I really support the physiology, which is mm-hmm probably a little more than for this discussion, but not all midwives do that. So I've done a lot more Hmm. continuing education on all of that to just make it hopefully happen without intervention. But yeah, well, and what I love is just knowing you outside of like midwifery. I know that that's kind of just how you like live life. Yeah. Like you, you really do have this appreciation in life for like the natural way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that is that, I think I think that part of what makes that makes your brand stick out and 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 even like everything you just said, I love I love that that's what you said because when I'm making your content, those are the things that I'm touching on. Sure. Because just being around you, like mm-hmm. I've just realized, okay, here's what's important to Bethany. Yes, like having a good, successful, safe birth, obviously. Like that's the service, but specifically coming from, you know, a nat- natural health, but mm-hmm. also the natural process. Right. Like I want to respect the process as it was designed to be. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about that, and I would encourage anyone that's like starting whatever the business is, a midwifery or whatever. I I think when it comes to, if, if someone is sitting there going like, what's my brand? What is my brand? I think a good place to start is whatever this whatever service I'm in, what is it? Are we offline? It's Oh no. But you're still recording. Still recording? Yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) for whatever reason, we're going black here. Here, exit the screen for a second.
like swipe up straight up okay. and then click the red camera app again not sure that's really going to do anything but i'm going to it's still black on the computer. Dang it. It's all good. I don't know why it's doing that, but I'm just going to go ahead and keep talking anyway. Okay. And it'll, it'll just be back. audio at the end. Yeah. So if you want the rest of this and you're watching on Facebook, listen to the audio <laughs> later. <laughs> um, I think what's such a great example from you, though, is um, the idea of if you want to know where to start with like, what's my brand, look at what's your unique perspective on For sure. this product, whatever that is. Look at how do I look at that differently? Do I do it differently? Do I have a different philosophy about it? Um, because I think if you do that, that is what's going to make it stick out. That's what's going to make people go, oh, well, they're different because whatever this thing is they do, they are a part of it. They're putting a piece of them into it. For sure. Um, and just, I think for people starting, if you're like looking around at the other people in your field mm -hmm. and you can't just try to be like them and hope it works out for you, right. you just need to find your own brand. So I actually don't follow many other mm. birth workers on social media. Right. To me, I'm part of their lives in person, mm -hmm. like we're friends, but I don't need to see all that stuff and be like, oh, maybe I should do that. Right. I just need to do like, I think I should talk about this today. Mm -hmm. Or my patient said this, I should talk about that. Right. And that's how I, like some of, obviously the majority of the content you write, but the things mm -hmm. that I come up with right. and just send to you, it's right. based on that. Not, oh, she posted that. I should post that too. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Because I, I think it it can really easily be a trap. To, just comparing all the time. It, it literally, that's usually the things that will debilitate me is if you're just in there going, oh, but they're, uh -huh. I mean, it looks like they're way further along or, oh, people like what they do better. Like they're so much more popular or like just stop. Right. Like, at the end of the day, just accept that long term, your audience is going to be people that are there because they like how you're doing it. Right. And that's not going to be everybody. Right. Just period. It's not going to be everybody. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, well, Beth, thanks for talking to me. Sure. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. I hope it helps some people out. I hope you help. Well, I know you help some people out. People love you and love the Birth and Body podcast, which if you're into birth, midwifery, anything of that nature, I know that a lot of you are like, I'm a dude listening to this. Well, you know what? If tell you're your married, about it. tell your, yeah, or whoever. Um, <laughs> your sister. Tell your mom. I don't know. Um, birth and Body podcast. Uh Everyone is loving it, and that is not because of me. That is because you are doing a great job, even mm -hmm. if you are critical of yourself. It's stretching. But you know what? But I, I would rather you be critical of yourself than just be like, man, I'm just, I'm killing it. I'm awesome. Um, <laughs> it's probably a better sign in the long run. So good. Thanks, thank and you. thank you guys for watching. I honestly don't know if the audio of this is still coming through. I hope so. And if not, then, hey, you win some, you lose some. But <laughs> uh, you can follow The Color Brand on Facebook, Instagram, all those good things. Jessica's throwing the logo up there for the people that are like, I'm going to hang on for the audio. <laughs> um, and we will have another episode next week. Thank you guys so much. Have a great Friday night.